Welcome to Generations Unbound, the podcast where we explore the ways in which past traumas, big or small, and social expectations shape our lives today. In this episode, we'll be hearing from parents of children who are teenagers and young people. They will be sharing their experiences with generational trauma and the challenges they've faced in navigating higher education and parental expectations. As we know, the impact of historical events such as war, colonization and discrimination can have a lasting effect on individuals and communities. These traumas can be passed down through generations affecting our attitudes, behaviours and relationships, especially when it comes to pursuing higher education as the weight of these expectations can be significantly heavy. This is Generation Unbound. Today, I'm joined by two guests. Would you like to introduce yourself, starting with the lady in the room? Hi, my name is Shobna Narayan, and um, I'm a mom of two kids. My son is 21, and my daughter, she is just turned 16. So uh, I'm a full-time homemaker, I guess. Um, uh, Yeah, so it has been a fun ride so far. And uh, I was a working, not a parent, working parent, but I was working till my son was born. And so I have left, now it's about uh, 21 years since I resigned. So, (laughs) So, but yeah, so I would say I lived half my life in India, then moved to the US uh, for my higher education. Okay. And then uh, lived there for about 16 years, then moved to Germany. And then from there, we were there for eight years and then moved to the UK about five years ago. So yeah, so we are kind of, uh, I have been raising like third culture kids. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. So kids who have been moved around Mm-hmm. and uh, lived in various places, had various experiences, and it's been great so far. Wonderful. And then... Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Jagdish Amani. I live in Leamington Spa. Uh, I'm in the UK since past six years. Uh, most of I, my life I have been in India. I did my master's from the US, and I'm working as a manufacturing consultant right now. Um, from family side, uh, I'm father to a teenager. Uh, my son studies in year 10, and uh, it's been fun. Um, I had my own, uh, you know, changes and uh, changes in the mindset uh, as I learned parenting over the last uh, 16 years. It's been a great journey. I would say it's been improving. Wonderful. Welcome to our podcast. Um, I'm your host, Tanea, and I am a second year student at Warwick University studying media and creative industries. It's lovely to have you both on board today, and thank you for agreeing to do this podcast with us. I have personally known you both uh, for quite a few years now, so as um, as a really good friends of my parents, and uh, we have also been quite involved in the Indian community at Leamington Spa. So the first question I would like to ask you two is, what do you understand by the term of generational trauma and how do you see it manifest in your family uh, and your community? Uh, Generational trauma uh, has a a little bit of a negative uh, connotation to it. It, it, It's probably the, uh, there's a term in uh, German called angst, I think which is also in English, which it, it, 
surfaces, but you sometimes it, it's, uh, it's in the subconscious and it doesn't uh, really show up. Uh, and you're not even aware of it. I wasn't aware of this term generational trauma. Yes. Till you <laughs> talked about it. Yes. So I had to like Google and see what <laughs> it really means. But yeah. then uh, when I read it, I understood and I kind of uh, never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes sense. A lot of uh, the things that you have dealt with and your parents and my grandparents. And yes, it definitely. kind of uh, manifests itself in various ways. And, you know. Uh, and I do see it in my kids. So yes, <laughs> uh, it's a revelation for me, actually, this podcast, you know, to, to talk about it. I've never talked about it. And, yes. Uh, yeah. I so. think that's the aim of the, of the podcast as well. I think bringing to light the situation and the fact that it is not um, commonly talked about, even though it's behind the behind closed doors, it's very uh, um, underneath the surfaces. So we want to try to bring that out and acknowledge the fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. So w- what about you, Jagdish? I kind of agree with what uh, Shobna said. Uh, I think that trauma is a little extreme word. I would uh, probably say that, you know, and, and on the other side is the word generation gap. Um, <clears throat> the, the topic that we are talking about, particularly, you know, the generation trauma, I think it's not only about the very large events which have happened either as a country or a community or uh, in the family for that matter, but it's also about the uh, insecurities and the experiences and the uh, past views and the mindsets which a person carries and tries to you know, look from the same prism for the current era. So a lot of these experiences, mindsets, and the uh, and the challenges that a person has gone through, uh, we we try to see everything into the from the same filter, from the same uh, color, and uh, try to force it on the current uh, scenario with our next generation, uh, which kind of is not right, obviously. Uh, so, no, I I would probably use maybe. F- say an alternate find an alternative word because trauma trauma kind of sounds an extreme but uh, this topic is very important uh, just to give example in my family and my community uh, we are a family with a strong business uh, background so when the changes in the family f- with my uncles my father they had to go and get into you know higher education and myself there was you know a lot of discussion around it it was not so easy um, my my father was a teacher he he very well understood the importance of education uh, but when i was going for my masters and that to spending uh, his fortune uh, um, it, it was very difficult <laughs> yes. for my grandfather to really understand what yeah, am i doing definitely yeah yeah so apart from this i would say that you know uh, uh, my father's generation grew up when you know India had just become independent. There was a lot of uh, you know societal challenges, and that uh, fire in the belly to do better, and that competition uh, with with everybody around you, uh, that had a big impact on the way you know the things happened. And now actually with the population explosion in India, we see that you know that has even uh, the competition has become so hyper. Hyper. Yes. So it, it is very difficult for uh, some of us to think from the perspective of abundance and the extremely large number of opportunities which are there rather than uh, only only focusing on always being competitive. Yeah. 
so so these are the some of the you know mindsets that i was exp i was referring to earlier which also sh qualified to be part of this trauma or the unwanted uh, yes. uh, things that we can I mean, forward. you mentioned the fact that uh, maybe gen trauma is a very strong word. Do you have any alternatives of what you can you think you can call this um, uh, concept, you think? So um, other than using the word trauma, do you think there's any other like heavy, uh, less heavy words that you could use? Yeah, the closest word that comes to my mind is like enforcement. Okay. Uh, so you, you are kind of enforcing your views and uh, even um, i would say your insecurities okay uh, so so playing by your insecurities and kind of enforcing them on the next generation i think that 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 plays a very important okay. sometimes positive very in a limited way but mostly in a negative way it can play a very uh, big havoc in one's life Okay, so uh, moving on to the next question. So what are some examples of traumatic events or experiences that you've been passed down from previous generations onto your own? So um, when you mentioned this word, and then I had to, like, when I started looking up as to what this generational trauma is, uh, there are certain <coughs> conversations that I've had with my mom, which okay. came back. You know, to me, she um, is in her uh, 80s now. So, and uh, when she was going to do her bachelor's, she really wanted to study botany. I mean, that was her huge passion. Oh, wow. Do. Interesting. But, yeah. uh, so, and her dad, he uh, he was a veterinary doctor, and but he had already died when she was in her in her teenage years okay so he wasn't there for her when she had to make this decision and it was her grandfather okay so he said that you cannot go to a to study any sort of sciences because it's a co-educational oh, right wow, okay so uh, so you need to go somewhere and study something which it's all girls mm -hmm. so and and she had to choose economics and oh, wow. it wasn't her uh, her choice. Yes, she did that because mm -hmm. of this uh, very reason that you know that she was told to do this, right? Yes, and uh, she still regrets that mm -hmm. till today. She, if you talk to her, she she goes back in time and says, you know, as as women, as girls, we had to just go with the flow. You know, whatever we are told. We just had to follow that, and uh, uh, and I think that's a pretty traumatic uh, experience for her mm -hmm. uh, because she still remembers that, and because you can clearly see that she has that passion for it yes. still, you know, <laughs> and yes. she wasn't allowed to follow that. Yes. So I think um, she kind of rectified it, sort of. Yes. That I mean, <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say uh, like with my brother. Mm -hmm. uh, they were uh, very different from what they were for me. So, for okay. my, so my dad is a chartered accountant, and his 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 this whole lineage of chartered accountants. So his son is expected to be a chartered accountant, even though he didn't want to be one. He okay. wanted to go into the sciences. Yes. So and he often when you talk to him, he says, you know, I wish I had done that. Yes. You know, because I clearly, I mean, though I have risen, you know, in so much in the you know my career in finance now he's he's retired and uh, but he still regrets that mm -hmm. and uh, whereas for me they were a little bit more lenient i would mm -hmm. say definitely more lenient <laughs> and uh, allowed me to pursue 
as you know anything that I wanted so I studied psychology and uh, so they were okay with that moving on to when you start working that's when your uh, uh, I know the gear shift kind of yes. and uh, so at one point after my uh, college uh, as soon as I had graduated I was uh, uh, working for the airline industry and uh, I got an opportunity to go to Amsterdam uh, oh, with wow. KLM Interesting. Okay. and my dad said no oh wow okay there's no way so he said so you, you know so you do whatever you want out. after you get married but nothing before that oh wow so okay. uh, and so that was quite traumatic for me mm-hmm. uh, and uh, of course you forget about it you know you don't you know you carry on you know your life takes you into different course after that and um, you know and then I did my bachelor's uh, I mean my master's in computer science and then I, because that's again you know I, it was a bit uh, of the, but my own decision you know I did not want to go into psychology and to do my master's because I knew I had to do my PhD and there was no other choice. So okay. then I, it, but that was all my choice. It wasn't like someone telling me how to go about and navigate yourself. So, yes. um, and yeah, so I would say these were a couple of traumatic and you see that kind of, um, like I said, it's within you and it surfaces at some point and you don't realize it. Yes. You know, and that happened once and it was, I, I laugh at myself and I, this happens be, because my daughter, she was in Germany and in year four, uh, when you are in primary school mm-hmm. in year four, uh, year five, yeah. So uh, they, they the, as the school with the teacher gets to choose whether the uh, child goes to university or not. You see the age where you're talking about. For uh, year five, okay. so you're in primary, and your yes. life is being decided at that time. Yes. That trajectory, whether you're going to university or not, and and then they have a conversation with the parent, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, we need to sit with uh, your uh, daughter and you as parents, and we decide whether she goes towards university route or whether she goes towards apprenticeship or whether she goes to you know they have various uh, trade schools and you know so." Yes. And so that, and I said, no, <laughs> I, I was like, I was telling her, no, she got, she has to go to university. There is no other choice <laughs> because my grandmother uh, would have gone to university and this is, she has to do it. Yes. But that whole thing has kind of now changed for me mm-hmm. when I come came to UK and I see all these people and the, the degree apprenticeship and the opportunities that are available, that mindset sort of changes that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always that university route, yes. but you have other you know, yes, things again. Definitely. So, yeah. I think a um, few things to point out here. So I think there's a lot of situations where culture plays a really, really strong part in generational trauma and the fact that um, certain societal pressures are also a really big factor. So you said that sometimes, especially in India, you girls can't go out uh, before they get married if they want to pursue a career outside India. So uh, things like that are very, are, are very um, strong um, concepts that are usually embedded in society. So I think that's also a very, very a good point to um, bring out. And the fact that obviously your mother was was not able to do what she wanted because it was a co-head um, 
subject and there and they didn't provide that in just only girls schools so she wasn't allowed to do that either so that's that's a very interesting thing to point out um what about you so i i should say that i was lucky on this front when it came to what what my parents wanted me to do uh, but it was just a coincidence i would say uh, if the situation had been different uh, so let me elaborate my father wanted to be an engineer and for whatever reasons he couldn't uh, one of them was also the economic reason mm-hmm. so when i chose engineering as my career path or a- academic path he was happy about it uh, this doesn't mean that you know the situation wouldn't have happened if i would have stood up and said i want to be a chef mm-hmm. then i'm sure there would have been lot of discussion and lot of uh, the so called trauma uh, in in the entire thing yes. um education was one thing he being a teacher uh, he was um, he was very particular about he was very passionate about education and uh, so beat uh, graduation post graduation in fact i did two masters so uh, oh, wow. he was very supportive of that okay um so i i am lucky on that front uh, but at the same time let me share uh, the example of my mom uh, which uh, shobhna also mentioned so she was very good at school but because you had to go to another town for schooling after the matriculation um she was not allowed to Okay. And exactly I heard her saying the same thing that my grandfather you get married and then you decide uh, then whatever you and your husband decide is fine with me I don't <laughs> care about it but as of now you cannot uh, I I cannot be sending you to uh, another town for the uh, school. Fortunately now as I see my sister my cousins things mm-hmm. have changed really well. Uh, my sister um had a Uh, she wanted to you know do economics and she pursued that uh, another unfortunate part in the societal uh, situation in india was that based on the score that you have got they feel that you choose a particular path yes so if definitely. if my sister when my sister chose arts and to choose economic and chose economics the usual comment was that oh looks like she didn't score well mm. so that's another peer pressure or societal pressure yes, uh, that's definitely. that's one has to be very conscious so you are kind of making decisions based on not based on your passion but what your parents and the extended family and the uh, society or the peers would say so these kind of situations are there but as i said uh, i count myself to be very lucky but there are situations there are a lot of uh, you know examples in my um extended family that i can see uh, to ec- talk about you know these traumatic uh, situations and the lack of uh, choice uh, the, the lack of freedom to choose their mm-hmm. passion yes definitely i think it's it's a common factor isn't it so marriage plays a very big part so that i point i i could see that it's not just a uh, marriage as in when you get married yes. and when you become a mom it's a different it's a different thing uh, yes you are elevated to a different level of you know uh, that you need to be there for your kids yes. no matter what you know uh, yeah so it's always there is a that expectation as well as uh, no i think societal expectations yes. as well yeah i it's think that definitely comes under family, society you know? yeah so uh, yeah 
yeah very interesting to to find out um um the differences and the similarities mm. between uh between the two examples that you've given so i think in in my experience even though i've not come across that severity of generational trauma it is there's just nuances of it uh within within my experiences i think when i when i started off studying i was not an academic person at all so i i did i pursued a lot of artistic um opportunities and i started off doing art and it was not that i was pressured to not pursue art but i think i was told that it 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 doesn't um it doesn't have a career at least a stable one when you when you go out into the world so i think i had to sort of dial down a bit and find a middle ground where i can be creative and also um get employed at the same time so i think media the media industry is quite good at that i think even though it's even though it's still a bit new to um you know the education system at the moment i think it's a very good um way where it does it does balance the idea of creativity and also the idea of um you know the theoretical academic stuff mm-hmm. and i think um i found that to be a very good um alternative mm-hmm. so um i think that's where i went into the media industries and find of you know find out the fact that it is it is a opportunity that you can you can pursue and and, and not be judged mm-hmm. but i think people still say oh media i don't know what else can mm. you do in terms of career options i can't think of anything but there's a lot of things you can mm. do i think every industry out there mm-hmm. needs a marketing person or a media situation i think uh it's been a digital age where internet it plays a big part so i think media students are needed over there so um and also you are pursuing what you were passionate about yes right? so definitely. don't you think that this is not only interesting for you mm-hmm. but you will do well because you you are pursuing what you really like yes. irrespective of what others say or you know what their opinions yes. are and you know I so think it was more coming from society mm. than my parents because sure. my parents were very supportive sure, sure. of what I was doing mm. and um what I needed to do but there were still certain nuances I think dad said oh you're really good at science you should really take sciences I said I'm good at it but I'm not interested mm-hmm. in it so there's no point taking mm. it so yes yeah, so my son asked me the same thing you know yes. he has this very cheeky kind of smile and he said <laughs> you would have been really happy if I had taken science wouldn't you yes. if I had gone the medicine route and like no <laughs> uh you know you, you we were very clear from the beginning you do what you want to do and you at one point was so passionate about chemistry <laughs> so we thought you're going to go in that Sciences, direction yes. but you didn't yeah. and that was your choice mm-hmm. so uh yeah but uh, that's good that this generation has uh turned the tables a bit and you know kind of are sure of what they want most yes. often yes And, and I think fight about it as well at, at certain mm-hmm. points I think they're quite confident in terms of I want this mm-hmm. and they're going to go get it. And so I think it to our uh, uh, this generation the parents I'm from yes. they are also equally supportive. Yes. Most of the time. I definitely agree. And they they don't get into these preconceived notions of you know this is the only way out and you know there is no other way. Yes. And I think that's also because we have gone through it. so we kind of are a bit more uh you know we listen mm-hmm. you know i think yes. we listen more yes 
I think that's what is key. And we don't have these prejudgments and, you know, we don't like talk to them. We don't talk down to them. Yes. We are more of a, you know, a generation of parents who would sit and have a conversation and mm -hmm. discuss. And maybe we kind of uh, channel them in a direction, but we don't talk down to them, yes. you know. And we know that doesn't work. Yes. With this generation, it'll never work. Yes. So, and we kind of know that. Yes. So, uh, that actually, that works very well with the next question. So, affect, so how does that um, generational trauma affect parenting styles? Yeah. So, that's one way you were talking about you don't talk down to them. We don't talk down to them. Yes. And uh, we are open to whatever the choices they make. Mm -hmm. At least from my side, uh, from me or my husband's side. Uh, you know, if you see, we, uh, my son wanted to be a football player. Mm. So we went all lengths to do that, get his dream kind of, you know, at least uh, pursue his, uh, he, we kind of knew he may not make it, yes. but <laughs> you shouldn't lose that opportunity to dream and pursue. Yes. So we took him to all the, you know, how many of the games he wanted to play. And, you know, he did all those videos, you know, to university. He wanted to get a football scholarship and go. And, you know, so, you know, he finally chose not to and didn't get into any of those big leagues. So mm -hmm. he kind of changed. But that was his choice again, you know. It was, uh, so you need to kind of allow them to, you know, traverse this, you know, path. Yes. Otherwise, uh, they are, and you know, this other thing, like my daughter now, she wants to be a musician, right? <laughs> yes. But she also wants to pursue physics and she is in that uh, GCSE year, right? Yes. So uh, I keep telling her, do what you think is you right want to for do. You. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so she's funny that uh, she comes up to me the other day and says, you know, I really want to be an opera singer, but. I want to keep physics as a backup. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. okay. So, um, and we never talked about backup plans, but yes. Sanjeev, on the other hand, my, sorry, my son. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was so much that he wanted to do football that he didn't want to think about anything else. Yes. So then, uh, and us as parents talking to him about it, never uh, had any impact about mm -hmm. you know and so then one day there was a parent teachers conference mm -hmm. and then one of his chemistry teachers who you know had a talk with him in front of us and said hey, listen buddy you know what uh, my brother he was also a goal goalkeeper for England and um, but uh, he knew sort of you know he was playing for the lower leagues when, and he kind of knew that this is uh, there will be there will come a day maybe uh, you know i will not be able to pursue this further and then i have to seek an you know an alternate so he did his uh, dentistry oh, wow. and okay. then uh, what happened was the brother got into an accident and oh. he couldn't play uh, football anymore oh, wow. i mean okay. it was not a major accident but it was something that he prevented him from uh, yeah. playing professional soccer mm -hmm. uh, or football and um, so he now has a, his own you know he, he's dentist, he works in the dentistry and you know he's able to so he when he talked to my son about it it kind of clicked some sort of that conversation had I know an impact on him mm -hmm. that you know sometimes in life you need to have a 
sort of backup plan even yeah. though it's you know now that he is into music now mm-hmm. he he wants to be a professional musician yeah. and then in in the second year of university he said i'm thinking of dropping off and becoming a full time musician <laughs> and we said well you know we had a long conversation and then he he said you know at least complete your uh, undergraduate and yeah. then you can do and he said yeah but you know i don't want to be in my 40s and regret what i couldn't do yes. when i was in my 20s mm-hmm. so i don't want to be that yes i think mm. the idea of you know um there need to be a plan b or there so, there should be some sort of alternative i think that also comes from the societal expectations exactly. of sometimes if it doesn't work exactly. out you need a you play it career. safe right yes. you don't want to take you want to be that risk take and you know this generation they're quite a risk taker i would mm-hmm. say yeah. so but then it was on his own he i think came to a realization that yes things do happen where you form a band out of you know university and then you you become you know world famous and mm-hmm. there have been situations yes okay there have been bands which mm-hmm. have but uh you know i don't know in some sort of way he said okay i will finish my undergraduate and then but then after that that's my uh you know my call yes. what i would like to do so yes. and yeah definitely so. um what about you is there any um parental uh changes as uh, has generational trauma affected the way you parent uh, is it different from how your parents treated you i'll i'll share a small story here <laughs> so i was doing my masters in the us and uh, fortunately in one of the semesters i had got 3 uh, a's and uh, and a b So it was a good score uh, but by the standards there <laughs> <laughs> Okay and then you know I go to the office uh, departmental office this this nice friend uh, middle aged lady uh, and I just casually I I I was away from family so I had nobody to share so I shared <laughs> her that you know this is what I got Yes and she was like you know she came out and she hugged me and <laughs> I was like okay thank you this is overwhelming <laughs> and uh, then i just remembered that you know the entire life mm-hmm. if i would have scored say 98 marks yeah. then the first question would be where did you lose the two marks <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> so being the perfectionist my father was mm-hmm. you know that that was one of the thing uh, you know that 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 was always there that you have to be the perfect uh, in terms of academics in terms of uh, score mm-hmm. so so this was one of the things that i was rubbing off uh, on my son uh, you know trying to be always very persuasive in trying to be the best trying to be the perfect yeah uh, this was one uh, point that i would like to mention and second is as i said when we come from that competitive mindset uh, it took me some time saying that you know you are only competing against yourself or with yourself and you want to improve yeah so comparative assessment with within the class or the you were you, you know all the kids in the in your class mm-hmm. that doesn't matter yeah so that that took me some time um, that was the another point that i was rubbing so my always question to him when he came with the scorecard uh, was that you know where do you stand in the mm-hmm. class and he used to be like you know how does that matter yes <laughs> so this used to be a very common conversation yeah. of course i'll later tell how how i have changed about uh, things <laughs> the the second thing i 
want or rather the third thing i want to mention is you know the mindset of the competition and achieving so for us for our generation particularly in india coming from a middle class family uh, education was all about you know economic well being so you always linked education uh, with what is the outcome and what uh, you are going to you know uh, do for a living rather than what you are enjoying and what you are passionate about so rather than coming from an perspective of inspiration uh, you know i always spoke to him from a sense of competition saying that you know if you don't do well then there will be a problem with your future mm-hmm. so these were some of the things that i was you know kind of rubbing off on my son uh, god's grace thank mm. you <laughs> i have changed my opinion which i yes. will talk about and now i want uh, i i always talk to him from the principle or the perspective of abundance mm-hmm. uh, the opportunities that are there yeah uh, what makes you happy uh, and and pursue where you will be able to uh, do your best yeah mm. i think it's important to point out that it's it's not wrong to want the best for your children i think that's where it comes from it it's never a harsh intention uh it never comes from a place of um uh negativeness i think right. it's always it, it's always to be but it, you know right. um the, the intent is obviously very positive yes, and exactly. uh, you know I, i believe that there can be no better well wisher than parents yes um and and that is universally true irrespective of the uh, you know culture or the country yeah so so the intent is always there but how you you know uh, reflect Uh, onto that intent and create ways for them mm-hmm. and are you playing your insecurity or you know past experiences and overlapping them with the current situation that mm-hmm. one has to be very uh, judicious about mm. yeah definitely it's a very uh, interesting point that he brought about and uh, <coughs> this this you you are competing against yourself and not with others in the class and yeah um this this happened uh, and you know while uh, parenting you see that and you know how you studied and when you were doing your schooling and versus how they are doing you know they go to the secondary school now yeah and you know how it's so different yes um and uh, both my kids were in germany in the international school it was so different from what it is here it was you know to a point there is no homework there was no uh, uh spelling test yes there was no teaching of grammar mm there's no as in like a lot of content given to you no. in one go or no. a lot of tests being done Never. here yeah and so yes. you you i could see my son i mean till ninth grade he used to just come back home they bring a book from the library and he used to be reading and so you wonder you know what are they learning in school you know <laughs> this is a constant yeah. uh, battle that mm-hmm. you're going you know through you because you haven't learned that way exactly so um so you know and it was so difficult for us to talk to the teachers mm-hmm. to get that idea so what is happening yes. so and so uh uh you know and you know they used to say no don't worry you know things are under control 
and you will not see it now but you know you would see it eventually mm-hmm. so all their networks are being built right now yes and you would see the result and i'm like really but he doesn't even know what a preposition or a uh, an adverb or an adjective is mm-hmm. how how is he going to manage you know <laughs> writing and you yes. know so you know and this we are talking about 7th and 8th grade you know mm-hmm. not the not primary school so and then you you see the results and you see the way they write and lo and behold when we came to uk and then the teachers like asking how does he write such good english and i'm like i have no idea because he has never gone through a spelling test he has yes. never but all i see saw him was read mm-hmm. a lot and reading was given so much of a uh, you know importance in the school that and also there was no hand holding mm-hmm. there was no teacher there sitting and telling you what to do yeah they there was no you were given a feeding. project you do it as a yep. team or you do it individually it depends on the you know each project yep. and then if you are stuck somewhere their teacher is there to guide you mm-hmm. okay and then um and yeah they were given uh, laptops from when they were in grade 5 mm-hmm. and uh they knew how to do uh you know all kinds of powerpoint uh, keynote presentations everything yep. you know from when they were so it was all how do you and they never learned the times tables believe it or not <laughs> so they learned yes. how they were give, they said you know go to the y- your kitchen and see the tiles on the kitchen floor mm-hmm. you see a matrix figure out you know how mm-hmm. you know how this thing works and addition and subtraction they were like you know jumping down the stairs jumping up the stairs and like what is this happening so when you see this as a parent and like what you know is he going to you know how is he going to come out you know that angst i'm talking about that yes, is there definitely. uh but you know so it, it it feels like you are doing something you know mm-hmm. uh you're not being a good parent mm-hmm. and sometimes you know yes. you feel you know and then when you start questioning the teachers they're like oh you are categorized as an asian parent mm-hmm. so like you know you, you try not to be this type of yes. helicopter mom mm-hmm. okay but sometimes you kind of get anxious right mm-hmm. you, when are we going to see these results yes. when you know because <laughs> there's no marks in the report card it's mm-hmm. like an employee assessment that mm-hmm. comes you know he worked well as a team we observed he did this he did that yeah they notice the soft skills more than the yeah. actual hard earned grades that, right? that you value more <laughs> and there was uh, and then then we come to uk and then you see this thing you know you you have the subjects you have to score your grades you have your gcses and you have the countdowns to the gcses mm-hmm. so it's a little of a huge shift mm-hmm. you know and uh, but then they were and he, i wouldn't talk to, um, so much about my daughter because she most of her education has been in uk mm-hmm. so it was just but for my son i saw that you know the difference that he mm-hmm. didn't even have a physics a chemistry or a biology till he was here at year 10 mm-hmm. and you know the private school just put their hands up and saying no we won't take him because he is uh, of an age where you know he will not be able to cope mm-hmm. with the load you yeah. know because she didn't even know they did never did poetry in english mm-hmm. so there were like lot of the but then when things were given to him like the secondary school mm-hmm. and they helped him out definitely they did help him out gave all the material to him he was able to pick up and run with it mm-hmm. that's because like they said they were already building that block that foundation yes how to absorb information how to analyze mm-hmm. and how to 
present it. Mm-hmm. So it was already there. So for him, any material was easy to pick up and you know run with it. So yeah. I do see the benefit, you know, of it. And I would say, you know, all those years of anxiousness that mm-hmm. parents now, when they come and ask me, I say, just hold on. Yes, it will be. It will. It will happen. Yes, I think you know? it's very. It's very important to consider the different parts and of the of the world and how they teach in different parts of yes. the world. Be it India, be it Germany, be it the UK, be it here. And it's and it's um, really interesting to see how your kids have been brought up in in two different worlds because they come home and see one thing and then they go out and then they see another. So it's it's really hard to bring up, uh, um, especially immigrant kids yes. who are who are out here or out elsewhere, and uh, they see that difficulty um, between navigating their their cultural heritage and then obviously what they see outside in where they live, and I think it's important to find that balance. And I think um, personally, from what I've experienced and what I've seen uh, from people around around me, like. Um, you guys and my parents they've done a very good job of you know balancing obviously their culture and then obviously valuing the culture they're staying at and that's quite important so um okay moving so, on can i on that yes. note just an extension there yes definitely uh, now now after four years i find this uh, funny to share but you know I was shocked when I came to the UK and my son went to the school mm-hmm. uh, that there's nothing called as a textbook. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a very, uh, very surprising and shocking thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, the school uh, said that, you know, they will be fine. You don't you don't worry about it. Yeah. And second thing, you know, again, it's probably the, uh, you know, country education system uh, specific thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to memorize a lot of things. And now, thanks to the mobile and the, you know, Google Internet. And there is always this question. I don't have to memorize anything. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a learning for me. Uh, but, you know, it, it took us really some time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably the trauma for us. <laughs> for <laughs> yes. me. Either way, it's a trauma. See, he was tra- traumatized by the fact there were no textbooks yes i was traumatized by the fact there were textbooks yes he never had a textbook yes right. growing up you know through his head mm-hmm. so it will place it it's just that lack of trust yes you have in the process yes and uh, i don't think that is anything wrong with that because you would like this open kind of communication with the uh, and so when you don't get that information you are anxious yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so moving on to the next question. So you've answered mostly everything within itself, I think. Um, the aspect of healing and how it changes sometimes. Um, do you use a certain... So sometimes it's important to realize that um, some parents don't communicate with their children or their children um, don't communicate with their parents specifically because of that trust isn't there or the lack of understanding so have you experienced such things like that have you tried to improve if certain hurdles have come across where you think your child is not understanding you or um you're not understanding the child like um what what, has there been any obstacles or hurdles in that sense yes Tanaya. so communication is key no doubt about it and um, you know you when, when you talk to children you have to talk in a way 
you know the daily conversation around you know the daily chores is different but when it comes to relatively little serious topics like education etc mm-hmm. the way the conversation has to happen is different you you cannot expect the children to be at that pedestal uh, where they will understand the long term uh, importance etc so there the, the, those conversations are difficult mm-hmm. um again let me share one more uh, you know funny thing so coming to uk my son after studying in india for almost 5 years uh, he had his um you know classmates um and all sort of you know professional background people mm-hmm. parents were in the school coming to the school uh, to drop their kids and one fine day my son says that what's wrong in being a painter or a plumber mm-hmm. i was like okay i was taken aback by that of course every profession is you know important and every profession has its own uh, sense of pride but but it was difficult for us mm-hmm. so these kind of situations and the conversations around those um then then we had to explain him uh, you know the importance of education it's not that the education and any job like um you know being a engineer doctor or a professional in any f- of any form is the only option mm-hmm. but then we had to explain him of uh, the things that or or the approach we took to explain things to him is that it's not just about you know what you do for yourself and your family mm-hmm. it's about what you contribute to the society yes do you want to become capable to contribute to the lives and well-being of more and more people mm-hmm. and i think you know that that struck the chord with him mm-hmm. so how do you have these conversations keeping your uh temperament <laughs> keeping <laughs> your anxiety yes. uh, keeping your uh, maintaining your you know patience mm-hmm. that's that's a very important part uh, of that and also i think we continuously should ask a question as a parent to ourselves am i just playing my insecurity in this situation am i playing just my mindset is it is is the environment different uh, and is my way of thinking relevant today Mm-hmm. I I may have a strong intent of you know making big roads for him for the future mm-hmm. but actually my actions may be counter productive yes. mm-hmm. and uh, they may be you know constraining him or her the children yes. yeah so conversation and also questioning yourself and mm-hmm. doing that course correction in that conversation and your thinking mm-hmm. i think that's very key when it comes to the parenting part of it Yeah, I agree. I think there's an extent where you also need to as a parent understand will your child understand if you explain certain things to them. I think when it came to me and um what I've experienced, I think my parents did a very good job of gauging what concepts I will understand and what concepts I will not understand at a certain age. So, um I was I was given the right information at the right time, luckily. So, um I've been so I've I've matured in a way that I I've slowly started to understand where my parents come from. I've opened up quite a lot in terms of I think I've I'm a lot less biased towards me and just try to you know be in the middle and try to understand both uh, sides of the argument and i think that's quite important um for the children and the parents mm-hmm. to understand um so the next question i would like to ask 
Do you feel that society as a whole is becoming more aware of the impact of generational trauma? And do you, uh, do you see any positive changes happening in response around you or in your life? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, the, uh, this generation of parents mm-hmm. have kind of understood that, uh, and I think most probably because of their experiences with their parents and how it was quite regimented uh, is also has a role to play. And uh, we have become far more flexible, far more, it, it, we are more informed. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have these preconceived notions as to, you know, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just science, math, you know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing else, you know, uh, there out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we are far more informed probably because we are reading up a lot more due to the internet and uh, we are aware. Yes. And so our conversations with them, and I see that with my friends as well, you know, you know, it would have been unthinkable, for example, for my, it is one of the, uh, my husband's colleagues, mm-hmm. his son, he's, he was in Stanford at um, doing medical school and he was in the second year to have left that and gone into prof- uh, being a professional musician and is, is in a band and then touring the world and you know it's it would have been unthinkable for a, an, an Indian family to say okay go do it we are there to support you and he did that and you will not believe the following that band has of all these American uh, you know Indians of um, you know or Americans of Indian origin who are looking at at that person as their role model, that we can do it too, you know. We have it in us, and we have the talent, we can achieve. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they see that example is not theoretical. They're actually seeing a person who is achieving. Yes. And uh, so there, I, I would say this, um, there, there has been a lot of uh, changes with mm-hmm. this generation of parents I think... who, and this... Yes, definitely. I think um, the internet and the digital age plays a big part um, because a lot of people are expressing their opinions and their and their stances out online. And I think um, it's very visible. I think when I approached you with this opportunity, you sent me a reel back saying, "Is this generational trauma?" And it's, so it's about um, you know, it was um, a cartoon that said, "Oh, this is how parents explain how we got to school." And it's like, oh, we climbed a mountain, we climb, climb, we crossed the river, and things like that. So that's it's quite see, uh, it's quite interesting to see that um, society is picking up on these things, be it in a comical sense or even like a serious, um, on a serious level. And um, I think that's how um, parents and uh, the older generation are trying to understand and evolve and um, um, better themselves in a way. And I think even the younger generation trying to understand wh- where the parents are coming from and understanding that this it, this does happen, it's okay. And um, they're not alone in a sense because it happens to almost everyone and it doesn't limit to um, countries only in the eastern part of the world, also in the western part of the world as well. So, yeah. so two things I would like to say. Overall, the general feeling is that, yes, the society is becoming aware of this and there are positive changes. As Shobna said, you know, there are ample number of such examples where the parents are thinking very differently or uh, allowing uh, their kids to follow their passion. Mm-hmm. 
more than society i would say it is an individual uh, thought that that one should look at mm-hmm. so it is about how i respond to a situation if i have been denied a you know freedom mm-hmm. then do i just tell my next generation that okay this is how i underwent the situation or this is how it was for me so it is going to be same for you mm-hmm. that's one thought or yeah. one approach which obviously is wrong the other one is that okay i have denied i have been denied in whatever form you mm-hmm. know the the freedom for whatever right or wrong reasons but i will not allow that to happen to my next generation mm-hmm. so one has to every parent has to be mature enough to take that stand saying that okay if i have for any reasons you know gone through a bad patch then i will ensure that the same thing doesn't happen to my child so it's the mm-hmm. individual um you know a, a response to the situation from from your history and i think overall if this kind of thinking comes with every parent then obviously the entire society will be a very different place okay very interesting and each of us have a part to play in this i feel that you know whenever i talk to parents who are having children in this uh, category especially of the ones going in the 11 you know when i came to he, he, when i we came to the uk with so my daughter was 11 and uh, everybody talked about the 11 plus exam and you know getting into the grammar school and uh, you know it was so much trauma yes you know <laughs> uh, for and, and you could see that you know like the pressure the immense pressure the parents put on themselves Mm-hmm. to make sure that their child goes to a grammar school mm-hmm. and we used to wonder why you yes. know w- what is wrong with a you know just as but then you see that trauma is now carried over by the children mm-hmm. as well so and they are locked up for you sometimes a year you know going through tuition after tuition trying to get into that school and i'm like hey you know uh, why do you need to do this yes. to yourself you know um so whenever i speak to um parents i you know i tell my our, our experience and you know it's a it's okay to go you know if your child needs to would succeed would succeed in in any environment yes okay definitely. if he has the will to he or she has the will to succeed and to you know example that i show is of my son i mean he is went to a uh, secondary school and he's achieved what mm-hmm. he he wanted to and yes. uh, and extremely supportive secondary school you know and i would not ever you know want you know even till today he thinks that as the best school he's been to yes you know uh, so i would say that it is also a, whenever i try to talk to especially these anxious you know filled with anxiety when they come here and mm-hmm. they they feel their world will fall apart if that child yes. doesn't get i have felt like, that way myself no, yes it's not true mm-hmm. get that out of your mind mm-hmm. you know uh, it and i think it's 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 very similar to when your child starts to speak you mm-hmm. know when they are babies you start comparing them to like oh he has no she hasn't started speaking yet mm-hmm. or she's not writing in sentences you know he is still struggling you mm-hmm. know she you know w- what is going to happen you know she's already starting to write and he is still not and you know so you carry, then you when they are 18 you look back and you are laughing at that you know because mm-hmm. everybody learned yes. you know they learned it at different you know maybe it's in, you know 
So mm-hmm. it, you you it's almost foolishness sometimes yes. you know when you look back and you see there's this comparison being drawn you know mm-hmm. and this oh you're not coloring I still remember Sanjeev was I mean my son was uh, yelled at mm-hmm. by an uh, art teacher in India mm-hmm. when we had gone for you know the summer and that he wasn't coloring within the boundaries she was upset. Yes. I I've, I've had a similar I have had a similar three. situation and yes. he, you know and uh, he he came home crying and I'm like what happened because she would and had to go you know talk to her and like, for you she is coming there to learn art mm-hmm. which is a creative thing yes you know you cannot be put into a boundary yes with this you can't put you can't be put into a box yeah. yes you need to express yourself yes. and you know you you need to allow and he's three you know uh, uh, so but when you talk to them they kind of understand they at least try, you know try to understand yes so uh, yeah i would say as a society if we want to change we need to talk to others and you know mm-hmm. kind of get off that preconceived notions yes. you know i think you've answered the last question mm-hmm. within within that i think um because i was going to ask you um what advice would you give um in general and i think you've covered that um wonderfully and also covered the fact that how you uh make an effort to break that cycle of generational trauma um even even if it's uh successful or unsuccessful um and it is it is important to acknowledge it, that it's hard sometimes to break that cycle break that way of thinking that's been um that's been embedded from generations to generations so it's 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 very it's very important to understand that it is it is hard on that note uh, i would like to you know make one comment um as as an uh, advice uh, or suggestion to the parents your child is not your slate to write yes he is his or her own slate you are there just to support them yes so if we understand this concept or this idea yes and appreciate it because nobody questions the intent of the parents we are the uh, well wishers of the children yeah but whether your actions are you know aligned to that intent genuinely mm-hmm. uh, and and whether uh, you know it, let, let them write their own story yes. that's the point i guess yeah definitely okay Um that's a great note to end on and thank you so much um for coming over. Um it was lovely to have you both um and uh hopefully um we could uh end this session here. So thank you so much uh for tuning in to this podcast and thank yes. you thank you Tanaya in fact thank you for introducing this topic to us and thank you so much. Yes my, my thank pleasure. Thank you for having us here. Yes thank you so much.